0: Warning: this episode contains adult language mature situations insane training montages father figures who are impossible to get in touch with martial artists who remove nerves by touching your neck weird huh anyway also contains insane mother son landlady landy de- renter incestuous relationships craziness and just the insanity of baki listener discretion is advised Episode 138. That's not how it works. It's not supposed to do that. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spark and Manga Review. This is your host, Zan saying aloha, konnichiwa, what's up, and buongiorno. Yes, we are back for another fun-filled episode, and for those of you who are joining us for the first time, welcome. Spark is a side that provides information and reviews about connectly enhanced narratives. Pretty much every episode, we'll talk about one or two titles, depending on the situation, or if I'm trying to pimp stuff we get for free. Now, we talk about how the art style is, how the plot is, how the character designs are, how the release is, and generally, if the manga is worth reading or not, or you should just buy stay the fuck away from it, or just do whatever. You don't have to agree with anything we say, but I've heard we're a little entertaining, just a little bit, and to top it off, we're free. You don't have to pay for us, like some of the other podcasts where you spend $4.99. We're going to stay free as long as we can, and we love what we're doing, and I love what I'm doing. I love doing this. I'm going to keep doing this till I'm old and gray. Speaking of which, you can email us at sparkin at gmail and check out our earlier emails at www.sparkin.com. You can also email me personally at zan@sparkin.com, especially at the end of this month because at the end of the month I reach Daryl Surratt's otaku expiration date. And supposedly I will die and then re-emerge as a cynical, horrible, angry man. But we will see what happens in a few episodes. I will report on what happened if I went crazy or not. But we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. That's at the end of the month, November 30th. But anyway, you can call us 206-350-8462 uh, leave us a voicemail and we will play it on air. Also, just check us out on Twitter under Spirekin or Spirken Movie and check out our sister podcast, the Spirken Movie Review. We're talking about movies in this month, the month of Karate, Kempo, and Craze Kung Fu Masters. We're talking about Kung Fu movies and we're brought to you by Kung Fu and Titties, a movie any red blooded man should watch. com. We actually have an interview in this episode, which is kind of cool. We're going to actually put that in a little bit. But what is new with Zan and my cohorts? Well, I found what's going on with Deke. Deke is now a homeowner. So he's doing his own thing. He's actually getting his house ready and everything's all spiffy and wonderful with him. Cal, he's getting even more stressed out. He's looking for a new job. He hasn't quit yet, but he's getting ready to go there. Baz, Rufus, and Amy, they're doing their own thing. And Timbo, well... He's just working at his job really hard. He promises he's going to be back soon, and you know he's pretty good with that, which is really nice. So he'll be back. We'll have fun. But anyway, like I said, we're talking about a lot of crazy stuff today, especially because we're talking about a manga which was reviewed in Dave and Joel number 1. The anime was. So was in FightBait.com, Episode 1. So a lot of other prestigious people have reviewed this. They're probably going to do a better job than me, but I'm going to do the best I can. Before we get into that review... I want to tell you a little bit about who's sponsoring us this month, which is www.KungFuAndTitties.com a movie coming out about two things, Kung Fu and Titties. It's brilliant. It's actually being directed by someone who's been on the show a couple times, and that is Odie McConnell, a friend of me and Timbo, and we've known him for quite some time. It's pretty cool that he's actually reviewing stuff, and it's going to be worth it just to check out some of the people who are in this. I mean, Bronson Pinchot, he played Balky on Perfect Strangers. He was also on the Beverly Hills Cop movies as Serge. He's in the movie. He's playing a creepy Indian. You have a lot of people like Tatiana Stone and a lot of sexy people in the movie. It looks really good. I was on set actually earlier and I could have been in the film. I'm actually... That's for something for another day. We'll actually have maybe have clips or whatnot. I mean, I unfortunately couldn't take any pictures of people like Rain Brown or like I said, Tatiana Stone or Saragano Dassey. Couldn't take pictures because of some obligation, some contract, but it was pretty cool. And the premise of the movie is it's about a guy named Richard Titties, played by Sean Molnir, who was an MMA fighter. And he ends up being stuck in an alternate dimension that is run by Zephros, played by John Archer Lundgren. And John Archer Lundgren is just He's a crazy demigod who's insane and obsessed with buoys. There's more to it than that. A lot of fights, a lot of crazy people, including a just crazy man dressed up as a gorilla. But anyway, let's get to the interview and you can tell me what you think about it. So this is a very special insert for the month of Karate, Kempo, and Crazy Kung Fu Masters. Where we're talking about the person who is being the sponsor for this month, and he's been on two other podcasts. And who we're talking about? We're talking about Joseph odie McConnell. How are you doing today?
1: Doing good. Thank you, Zan.
0: So, since it's day 11, day 12 of the the shoot, how has it been with principal photography in general? I mean, how does it feel, the fact that your vision is now, because you've done The Tenant, you've done a couple of other films, Mm -hmm. how is this one coming out? How do you feel at this point?
1: I was actually, like, everything exceeded my expectations the first day. The director of photography is really good, and it's been extremely stressful. Like, there's a few days where, production-wise, it's been very stressful, but the picture looks great and it sounds great so that's the most important thing everything looks great and I'm really happy with that I'm looking forward to sleeping tomorrow on our day off
0: that's always good that's good and um, you're not pulling the all-nighters where you're editing 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 and then getting two hours of sleep you're just I've been getting, like, two
1: hours of sleep or three hours a night for the last two weeks. So.
0: But you get to relax now and... Uh, yeah, I get to have one day off at least. And, and also you gives you some time out. just to get everything done so you don't have to wait till last minute and you don't have to do, like, okay, we got to reshoots three months from now, and you're yeah, like, yeah. fuck.
1: We have three days left this weekend, one day off, three days on the weekend, and
0: uh, I think
1: we'll get it all, you know, I think we'll get it all done.
0: So. No, yeah, and it's so far from what you said and so far from the website the way it looks... You got things going on pretty well yep. Now, going to some of the. When we first talked, way back, back then You had just basically said, okay You had the two characters, Richard Tiddies and Zephros just, You just had their basic premise down now, How yep. do you think that they evolved from their original concept, really? Those two
1: are pretty much the same Zephros is just a crazy, insane demigod Who rules over the land I mean, the actor who plays him, John Archer Lundgren Is heavy on improv, so there's a lot of off-scripted stuff but he, his character looks and feels to me the same as when I wrote it. Richard Tiddy's looks and feels the same way. It's just your average Joe who tries to be a kung fu fighter and then has to go to this crazy situation in his world and save his girlfriend.
0: Yeah, and uh, with all the different other girls
1: from Stone Tatiana, Stone... Tatiana Stone. Tatiana Stone to Dixon Mason to yeah. Lori Ann Kim. Saragon Odassi and...
0: Yes, if you got something yeah, so like Brown. Yes. Yeah, the list goes on. Yes, definitely go on. Now one thing though, which actually someone when I showed them the website at New York Comic Con asked me, What's up with the gorilla?
1: What's did up it, with the did gorilla? it just
0: like oh let's just throw in a gorilla or is it like we're gonna do it like George the Jungle where he's a gorilla who who has a dubbed voice is <laughs> <It's> all eloquent.
1: <laughs> the gorilla is actually Mike Marino. So the gorilla turns out that he's just this dude who lives in this mystical realm, kind of like a Wizard of Oz thing, and he thinks he's a gorilla, kind of like the guy in Dodgeball who thinks he's a pirate. Ah. The gorilla thinks he's a gorilla, but everyone knows like, he's a guy in a gorilla suit. Oh, Obviously. Kind of Clearly <laughs> he's a guy in a gorilla suit.
0: <laughs> that's, that's that's something which just makes it a little bit more, just gives it that extra edge it needs to be from just a straight-up, okay, it's going to be a straight-up action film, like the one that, um, uh, what is it, um... Uh, Richard Chase is played by uh, Sean Mulner. Sean Mulner, who was in Never Say Never Back Down. Never Back yeah. Down, which you know that movie was just straight up action. So this gives it that little edge to give it that more fanciful, but it gives it a more that kind of kung fu y feel to it. And going into that, is this more of a like action with kung fu in it, or are you saying it's like a gimmicky kung fu movie like um, Return of the Third Six Chambers or I Am Fat Dragon? Um, I would say it's more
1: gimmicky. There are a few fight scenes where it's like serious kung fu. And we do have some really, like, the stunt coordinators are really good, but it's more gimmicky because it is, in in a, essence, it's a comedy. There are some really cool fight scenes, but then some of the fight scenes are just totally over-the-top and ridiculous.
0: But that adds to the charm. Yeah. Definitely. And um, and especially
1: with the amount of titties, it's, I'm not going for a straight action. I went for comedy because but all comedy would titties. sell better. <laughs> oh, yeah. All movies need titties. I'm going for, like, over-the-top because when you turn on the TV late at night, when you were in your teenage years you're like okay maybe I'll if I'm lucky I'll get to see one or two sets of titties or you'll be like the fool who's watching Silk talking
0: hoping they're going to show tits
1: you hope to see boobs for maybe three seconds and this one I kind of wanted to go to every guy but also the youth when they want to see a movie with boobs in it I wanted to give them like here here's a retarded amount of titties an outrageous amount of boobs
0: and it will be plentiful from what
1: it sounds. There's gonna be sixteen different naked girls in the movie. That's a lot of titties.
0: And all I have to say, and I can't even say is just me with a thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can say. It's not even a thing. Now, I'm gonna guess this is gonna make your budget at least. Mm-hmm. In D V D sales and in hopefully is limited release or is it a We're gonna do a limited
1: release and then a college tour, so Okay. We'll do a, a short college tour from March to May. If that does well, we'll do a, an expanded college tour from September to November, and if that does well, we might try to do like a European tour. Yeah. Yeah, and if we make our budget, um, we're definitely going to go into the sequel pre-production because,
2: yeah,
1: you know, in my mind, if we make the budget, I think we'll make the budget back, and when we do that. Even if we make only, like, $5,000 plus the budget, oh. we're still going to start pre-production because...
0: Well, it's, it's, it sounds like it's great, and I'm just wondering now, what are you going to do? Is it going to be Kung Fu and Titties 2, or are you going to change the title to be, like, more like change the genre, completely like Bullets and Titties, or <laughs> Cooking and Titties, like Food and Titties?
1: <laughs> well, one, one of our consulting producers has a good title, and I think I'm going to stick with it for the second one, Kung Fu and More Titties. I like it. So I think we're, we would stay with the Kung Fu and Titties no definitely that Title.
0: sounds like it could be something which definitely works out with it and also hey who, can, who who isn't wrong with more titties yeah come on and you know oh now here's a question now with all the various lovely ladies who are you working with who is the most complicated to work with and who is the most fun to work willing to deal with roll with the punches okay
1: well we still haven't worked with everybody because there's a uh, couple days left yeah there's three days left there's A lot of people that only work for one day, so I haven't worked with a lot of people. I was pleasantly surprised by Jeanette Trexler, Uh who, she's the singer of a band called Hotter Than a Crotch. She's from the Midwest, and I guess she's a model, slash actress, slash singer, and I didn't really have too many hopes when she came in. I I was just like, okay, she's kind of cute, hopefully it'll work out, and her scenes were awesome, and she was just really playful and did... Any amount of improv I asked her to do, and she had a lot of fun with it, so I'm really excited to work with her for the next two days. And, I mean, I know Rain, and she's a really cool person, so it's nice to work with her. But, yeah, there really haven't been any problematic actors on the set too much that I can think of. That's good, because you always hear these
0: stories about these shoots where it's the us versus them issue, where it's the actors are fighting tooth and nail to get whatever they feel the character should be, and then compared with your vision is something completely off-skew. It seems like yeah. this is more streamlined, more to the point, and you know where you're going with it, and you have that end goal in sight now.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, we have had to use
1: uh, cue cards for some people. That's kind of been annoying, but it's no big deal. I mean, everyone who did use the cue cards did an amazing job, but that's only like three or four actors out of 40. Um, that's always good. And John Lundgren missed his lines sometimes, which was really tough, because it extended one scene one day, which was a problem, but then again, one of his days was r- really heavy, he had like five scenes in one day, so I can't blame him for that, Yeah, that was just scheduling, you know, we're making a feature film in two weeks, so... But
0: on the other side, you can also add that to the DVD as deleted scenes. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, we did get a lot of good outtakes out of those things. Oh, that's going to be... How, how long do you think is your outtake reel going to be?
1: Well, the first about five days, we had no outtakes, and I was
0: kind of scared.
1: I was like, I don't think we're going to have anything <laughs> for the DVD. But then the last five days, we had a lot. So, I don't know, maybe 30 minutes I could probably pull
0: off. Yeah. That's, that's always good when you have that extra padding with that. Are you going to do anything else with the DVD? Are you going to do any like documentaries? Are you going to do a commentary where you're completely drunk? <laughs> yeah, we've done uh, a
1: lot of behind-the-scenes footage, so we're going to put a little promo thing together, 15, 30 minutes, maybe even an hour of you know just all the behind-the-scenes work. And, yes, there will be a commentary. I don't know who it's going to be. It's definitely going to be myself and one of the leads, either Saragon or Rain,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: probably Sean. Richard
0: No, yeah, no, definitely. And it's going to be, and hopefully, well, if it all works out, maybe you could do the second, too. You could do two different ones. Like yeah. the, the technical one and do the one with the actors. Yeah, absolutely. If you got the yeah. time, or there are several other things you can do, but that's yeah. all. You know, definitely, I'm, I can't wait for it to
1: come out, and it's March, March 21st is, is our set release date. Most likely the press screening will be before that, but we're trying to get our premiere by March 21st, 2012. Yep, and then hopefully the world doesn't end <laughs> yeah, hopefully the world doesn't end and if it does end then we would have seen Kung Fu and Titties already
0: yes if it does end hopefully it's me watching a huge on screen pair of titties just in the face Yep. so finally Odie before anything else before we get we're done before we go back to our regular scheduled podcast what do you want to tell all the people who've heard about this all the fans all the people who are aspiring directors or actors or just people who love titties well, I guess I would just tell everybody
1: to, you know, not take yourself too seriously and just have fun. You know, this this movie's supposed to be a movie that you can just come home after a long day at work and kick back and not have to think and just have fun. And anyone who's an aspiring filmmaker, just yeah, go out and do it. Have fun. Do what you want to do because that's what works. If you do what you you love, that's that's what ends up working for you. That's what I'm doing. Yep. And, uh, as usual, thanks, man. All right, thanks a lot. All right, guys,
0: so back to the regular scheduled program. Or we're... And we're back to our regularly scheduled episode, yeah. So what do you think about that interview? It was actually our second interview we've ever done on the Sparkin' Manga Review, and it's a lot better than the first one, which we did all the way back in episode 15, where I reviewed dog eaters and actually... Had a interesting conversation with Malcolm Wong, who was the creator. And actually, in my opinion, this was a lot better because I wasn't as nervous as I was with Malcolm, and more importantly, I had my questions written out, and I sounded a lot more professional. Tell me what you guys think if you liked the Malcolm Wong interview better than this, because this is our second part B. Let me know. Hopefully, we did better. Maybe I don't know, but so since with. We did that. Now, with that in mind, sure don't have any emails and news, Is just the only big thing is that the Ranma live action is coming out finally. I am pleased. Zan is pleased. He is not crazy. He's going to have fun watching that live action movie on December 9th. And I will be pleased, and I will love it. I'll figure a way to watch it, even if it's only raw. Okay, enough of my Ronma rant, because you know I'm a fan of Ranma half by Rumiko Takahashi. We reviewed in episode 10. It was a poor job, but whatever. We'll get into that in a bit. But it is time. Yes, it is time for the review of a manga, which is released actually over here by Raijin Comics back in the day in the early, late 90s. I know early, late doesn't work, but whatever. Because it was written by Kensuke Itagaki and published by Akari Shoten. And also, like I said, came out '91 1991 to 1999. Then there was another series which came afterwards, which came out in 1999-2005 in Weekly Shonen Champion. And then, later on, another series called The Son of Ogre came out, which is still coming out now, 2005, so this is a very long-running series. Like how Kaiji has three different segments, it's just like that. But, this series is completely and utterly insane. A lot of people love it. And it is a sports, action, martial arts series. And as I, you guess, this is... Baki the Grappler, yep, Baki the Grappler, and it's a series which is infamous for its attention to detail and its insane martial arts madness. And what is it about? It's about martial arts, it actually opens up in the middle of a martial arts tournament, and people are getting their ass kicked, and you have one of the bigger red belt showing up, and he's like, yeah, so who's next, who's gonna fight me next? He's like, well your next opponent's this guy who has a white belt. A white belt at this tournament? Are you fucking kidding me? A white belt? Now, for those who know, a white belt means that you are lowest of the low. You have no skill whatsoever. You're just joining. And this kid comes out. looks ugly as shit. And before I forget, I hate the artwork in this version. I mean, later on, when it gets to Baki, Son of Ogre or Hanma Baki, it looks a lot better. But early on, this artwork is terrible. I mean, it's borderline like they look like women, men, androgynous freaks. Anyway, it's, it's a little pet peeve I have that Katsuki Itagaki can't draw. But, anyway. So, from this point, he walks in, and you see the main character, Baki. He's there, and they look at him, and like, Oh, look at that little pipsqueak, he's not going to do anything. No, Baki beats the shit out of him. He kicks his ass completely. Then he walks out, and as he's walking out, because he's acting a little weird, you know, very innocent and naive like most main Martial artist characters, Goku, Ranma, Jun from the Tekken movie. It's just, he acts stupid and they say, how long have you been doing karate for? Uh, about a month. It's like, bullshit, you kicked his ass in about, a- no, I've been only doing it for about a month. And he walks away. Meanwhile, the owner of the fighter who was against him, this big burly fat guy who we're just going to name Evil Generic My Boss. is like, ooh, Baki Hanma." He is the one who is going to... He's just like his father. He may cause problems later on. Bum, bum, bum. So he's just a maniacal, crazy big man who's just evil. Evil. Then we see a bunch of other fights. And it turns out that Baki is just a badass. He fights, and he actually only learned karate for a month. But he's always been studying fighting. He constantly works out. Like, There's a hidden training room underneath his house. Where the landlady is kind of creepy and she hints that she's actually his mother, but not really because she's like the only man I loved. He's like left you with me because you're my most precious gift, but I want to make out with you. And you're like, what the fuck? series is just completely out there and I can't even describe the insanity behind it. It's just a lot of fighting. I mean, the first major guy you have that he fights is a guy whose ability is that he's able to remove your nerves by poking you in different spots. Which is kind of cool. He uses chi points, right? But here's what makes no sense. He's known as the cord cutter, even though he pokes you and rips out your your nerves. But, what he does is he pokes people in their neck and suddenly they're blind. Now, now follow me. Your eyes are on the top of your head by your temple. Yet, Poking them in the lower part of the neck by the collarbone... Is where the nerve is? Huh? What the fuck? Man. You could have just said... Okay, he pokes them in the temple, does it? No. Poke him in the neck. It's easier. It's completely bizarre. He ends up fighting Baki... And actually ends up taking the nerves out of his right arm. So his right arm is useless. Which is his weaker arm. And Baki actually takes the nerve that was removed... And kind of ties it together. And just like everyone has said, you can't do that. That's not how nerves work. When a nerve is severed, you can't just open it up like in a cartoon and tie it in a shoelace and it's perfectly fine. What the fuck? It's, it gets even more bizarre. I mean, later on, you have a training montage where he's, he's running. He's like, today I'm going to run 37 miles before breakfast with his dog and he's running the dog's kind of keeping up can of keeping up then later on you see him at home with his sort of pseudo sister who is the daughter of the landlady who's into him but not really so you're like what the fuck she wants to fuck him and he's his sister but he's not well, the describe what the relationship is please Raijin Comics you could do better than that. I know you were before anything got really really good but come on I mean in fact it took I found you guys in a library <sighs> whatever yeah, I found this manga in a library. The Raijin Comics. which Because Raijin no longer exists. So you're not going to find this if you're looking for this. You can find it, find it on any... Well, maybe J-Manga or somewhere like that. You could possibly find it. Or you can look just where to find it. But either way. The series is completely fucking insane. It gets even further when he gets into a fight with a gorilla. And the gorilla eats men. You're like, what the fuck? Now... I could go on and on and on about this insane series, but the fact is that it's just fucking insane. The artwork is terrible. The plot is completely bizarre yet enthralling. I mean, a lot of it you want to skip. It's like, cool, fight sequence. Oh, God, it's ten minutes of them arguing and talking like idiots. Let's skip the page. Let's skip the page. Skip the page. Okay, cool, more fight sequence. Oh, my God, is that a monkey? Oh, my God, what is he doing? What is he eating? What the fuck? Then he goes into his school, and there's a bunch of people who like say, He's not the best person. I'm the best person. Everyone likes me. Oh, and then I forgot that he's the king of an underground martial arts tournament, which is underneath the Tokyo Dome. It's in the fifth lower basement. Which is in sub-basement 4. You're like, wait, what? He's in sub-basement f- 4, but it's the 5th lower basement? What the? F-? It's crazy as shit. In his school, he ends up getting in a fight with the star kid because the kid is going to bring notoriety to the school. and He's like, oh, I can kick your ass, Bucky. I heard you do the best, but you're not. I'm going to kick your ass. And Bucky kicks the shit out of him. It's a, it's a shonen power creep that's just more insane because it is... Baki. That's all I could say. It's Baki. It's well, actually, he is a, a shonen, not a Senate. But it's typical. Baki comes across an enemy. Enemy starts winning, and then Baki beats the shit out of him when he figures a technique to defeat his. It is completely crazy. I mean, it starts off with the first series is 42 volumes, and that's the the Champion Saga, and then the Mega Tournament, and then later on it goes into Baki Gaiden, which is about, uh, it's uh, another series about that, then it's him trying to become the strongest and the most beautiful, because that's his goal, he wants to be the strongest person out there, because his father said, you have to be the strongest, and that's his whole goal, he wants to be the strongest at everything, his martial arts style is a mixture of everything possible, it's like a mishmash of everything, and it's just completely, what the fuck, huh. <sighs> I know I sound very charged, but what can I say? The series is insane. It's ridiculous, it's bizarre, it's, it's not my cup of tea. I like series which have a little more intellectual depth to it. It's a cool series, though. If you like martial arts fighting, if you like MMA, if you like WWE, if you like long, convoluted storylines which make no sense, but awesome fight sequences that are depicted pretty well in a series, you will love this. This series is pretty badass. It's just completely fucking crazy, though. The only thing which really sucks, which I can't handle, is the artwork. It is so bad. I mean, they look like they're all wearing lipstick. Baki looks like a woman man on steroids. I mean, he's got the little mole on his his lip. And he has the short, short hair, kind of page boyish hair. Yet he has the huge pecs, which look like a pair of boobs on steroids. Later on, like in the anime, he looks amazing. He looks badass. In uh, Hanma Baki, he looks badass. In this, not so much. But that is also because Kensuki, this is when he started out. He gets better on later, but like I said, it's tough in the beginning. Gets better later on, but so far, it's like this. the art style is jarring. But if you like insane series, you'll love this. Me personally... I gotta give it our out because we have a five point rating system. Our highest rating being really, really, really fucking cool. If you don't read this now, your brain will freeze, your eyes will and your soul will be forfeit to the great Zoma Wah ha ha! To our lowest rating, which is take it to a priest, purify it, then take, then piss on the ashes. I have to give this our middle of the ground, which is a gift from your crazy aunt Muriel. Okay, but forgettable. It is. I mean, if the art style is very poor. I mean it's not as bad as some of the stuff that we've talked about but it's it's out there. It's different but not different in a good way. It's just not very memorable. It's just kind of ugly. The story itself, like I said, most of the characters are just generic big guy A with, oh my god, that is a fucking badass move, but you're still generic. Oh my god. I mean, this is no Ricky o This is no that insane where you're fighting blind guy who thinks that Ricky o is a demon, so he's gonna paint Buddha Sutras all over himself to fight him, but Ricky o just punches and kills him. It's not that level of insanity. It's just like, oh, this is a badass guy. This is like watching Mick Foley beat the shit out of The Rock. It's interesting, it's kind of cool, but it's forgettable. I mean, if you love martial arts, you love fighting, you'll love this. If you like sports, you'll love it. I am indifferent towards it. It's okay, not great. Could be a lot better. I know people are like, what the fuck, man? Why don't you like Baki? I like Baki. I love the anime. The manga is just really shitty. I'll be honest, I generally don't say that. Usually I'm like the manga is a hundred times better than the the anime. In this instance, the anime I prefer better than the manga. And it's a shame, because this series is interesting, but just the manga, it's just... It's just, I don't know, pales in comparison to its later remake. And I generally don't say that, but like I said, it's all I can say. Uh, And I know, it's a short review, but... It's Spocky. What else am I going to say, dude? Talk about crazy shit, and also, it's, I don't really have anyone to play against because this series is that crazy, but I just, you know, being alone makes it a little bit tough. That's why introspectives are better when I'm alone. But anyway, it doesn't matter because we got some good stuff coming out. Uh, but first, remember, you can check us out at www.sparkin.com. You can email me, sparkin at gmail.com or zan at sparkin.com. We're also on our Twitter under Sparkin, where we'll talk about all of our new releases and updates. We have photos on our photo page, and before I forget, you can check out any of our contests up on the contest link on our website. We have a contest page now, and currently the big contest and poll is vote for what theme month is going to be next for the manga review and movie review. We got some good ones coming up. We have some of the theme months, which are going to be like a musical-type mangas to Studio Ghibli-style mangas to Western-type mangas, or regular actual graphic novels of an American nature. We might do a month of just actual American comics. Things like Green Lantern, Batman, JLA, Secret Avengers, Teen Titans, or even the dreaded and horrible Spider-Man, which actually got good. I mean, Spider-Island has brought me back, and the fact that he's no longer with Carly makes me very happy. Even though I shouldn't be like, yeah, I should be kind of upset, but hey... They're back in the fold, and it looks like they're going back to him and Mary Jane together, which makes me very happy, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Because it's that part you've all been waiting for, and what am I talking about? I'm talking about that one, that only... The The Wheel of Manga! (laughs) Yes, friends, The Wheel of Manga, Exceptional Substitute. What is The Wheel of Manga? The Wheel of Manga is a Wheel of Fortune. with ten slots on, and what I've done is I've assigned a manga to each of the slots and what I'm going to do is I'm going to spin the Wheel of Manga whenever well, number, number lands on this Reviewing in the next episode of the Sparkin' Manga Review and we have some great titles on here some stuff which I haven't even thought of reviewing but we're going to go for I mean Iron Walk Jin is something I said I was going to do we got some good martial arts series some good action series some good contemplative series and some good just whatever series I know it's not going with the theme of Karate Kenpo but hey our first episode of the month what did we cover come on we went a little crazy, so don't worry about it. Anyway, let's get on with it. Let's spin and see what we're reviewing the next episode. Number one. And number one is going to be... This is a series I actually got in trouble with for talking about before it was actually published by Vertical Inc. That's pretty cool. Sorry, Ed, I know that you got kind of mad at me about that, and you actually pulled, called me out on a different con, but... Anyway, so in the next episode of the and Manga Review, episode 139, we're going to be talking about a manga which is inspired by a novel. And this novel that we're talking about is no longer human. I've heard a lot of things about this series. And the fact that it's actually released right to le- uh, left to right makes it even more interesting. We'll get into that in a bit, though. Guess that's it for this episode of the and Manga Review. This is your host, thank you for listening. I'm going to keep doing this as long as I can, and we are Gonesville. Catch you next time. And remember, check out www.kongfuntitties.com.